This is Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. This is a special episode which we will be releasing to both the Burning Rooms podcast and the Shopcast audiences. We just felt like as a house of prayer that it was important to give a response to the current global pandemic happening in the earth right now with COVID-19. These are serious times we're in and we just felt like we wanted to give a response. We have Brian Creary, the director of Sanctuary House of Prayer on with us today. Uh, He's just going to share some insights. Uh, Back in January, actually we recorded it in December, the Burning Roots podcast had our anniversary episode and one of the questions that we had for Brian, he was there just to say happy anniversary on our, on our podcast. So one of the questions we had was what the Lord is doing for the coming year for, for the prayer movement, because it was in January, so we just wanted to talk about the coming year. And he, he felt the Lord say three things for the coming year. He felt like there was going to be a shaking and disruption, and that the knowledge of God would be important. And that the glory of God is going to be on display afterwards. So we got Brian here. We want to talk about these three things in context of the current pandemic and and crisis that we're going in. And we want to talk about how we should be responding as a prayer movement, as a house of prayer, and as a praying people. We wanted to respond to that. So Brian, in light of what you said back in the Burning Rooms anniversary episode, uh, what do you have to say today? Well, uh, good morning, Johan. Um, it is uh, serious times that we're in. And in January, when you asked that question, I felt like those were the three things that the Lord wanted me to share, but I had no idea. I mean, there was no COVID-19 crisis going on. I mean, I think it was even, we recorded even before that incident where the, the Americans got into it with Iran and the the uh, killing of their major uh, military player and all the, those dynamics. And we wondered, you know, immediately following, is there going to be a war? And that seems to have settled down. But now this thing has taken on the international narrative and the whole world is is reeling from this. And so clearly uh, we're in it. We've got a real shaking, We've got some real disruption, and it's affecting just about every sphere that I can think of in, in our town and, and in everywhere that you look. And but the three points that I made are all still relevant. It's it's uh, I'm I'm surprised actually. The Lord really just tipped us off to something, but I'm happy to expand on it this morning and and uh, try to give some more insight into what we see. So maybe let's go through the the three things that you did list there. So the first thing that you listed was shaking and disruption. Yeah, well, that we're in it. So the 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 shaking and disruption idea depending on the, ch- the church stream that you're coming from, can be uh, just so central to the way that we do our walk out our faith journey. And in the prayer movement, particularly in our stream, uh, it's very normal. We, we've sort of been almost trained and, and equipped to think that there is going to be more and more trouble on the earth as the years go by. But it might be foreign in other streams and, we, and people might be feeling like, this is not the Jesus that I I'm following. I thought that he was kind to us and blessed us all the time. And what is all this chaos and disruption? And uh, the Bible's kind of uh, speaks to both for sure. There's a whole lot that uh, where the the Lord talks about how he is is for us, and there's blessing, and there's favor, and there's prosperity, and there's a lot of those things are very clear. But there's there are definitely passages which I think we sometimes just read right over because we don't want to think too deeply about it uh, or feel it that are speaking to this. I'm going to give you one that's uh, it's an unusual one. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 ends with, so I don't, I'm not going to do this justice because we don't have the, the opportunity to teach it well, but I'll just start in verse 18. 
It says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Now, he's talking again to believers in this point, and he's saying that you're in a different place than the, the Jews in the old days. This is, a, this is a, a whole new age, and Jesus has come, and things have shifted. So you're, you're, not, you're not dealing with God as though he's in Exodus 19, coming down on the mountain, and everyone needs to be terrified. But verse 22, continuing, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose name are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And so he's contrasting it, obviously, and he's saying, it's a, it's, this is a whole different thing. Jesus' blood has been shed for you. You have access to the heavenly realms, the angels, the presence of the Lord. It's a different, it's a, it's a different dynamic. But Verse 25, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, uh, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. Exodus 19, when he spoke, the whole mountain trembled and people were afraid and the whole earth shook. But now he has promised, quote, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens comes from Haggai 2. And the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. And therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire, another Old Testament reference. There's a lot of theology there, but let me just, just highlight the one key idea for, for today. There is a place in what the scripture is describing where it says that the Lord, not only will he, but has promised that he will bring a shaking or disruption to the earth so that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And you just need to think for a second. Now, what could be shaken in our context? Well, um, the things that we rely on, the things that are that are uh, keeping us in a in our worldview or in our place where we we feel comfortable and secure. That's that's our economics. That's our health. That's the the current um, political or social climates of our Western nations. Our freedom to vote. It's a it's a whole lot of those dynamics that we're just very used to in North American church. And the Lord is saying, well, that's fine, but. I am going to shake before this is done. And I think the uh, verse 28 really speaks to it when he says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, worship the Lord. So in other words, if you put the two together, there's the, the disruption coming that the, it's not that the Lord is sending troubles uh, like viruses and he's made them up in heaven and he's sending them to kill people. But he's he's allowing the, the dynamics of the earth to bring shaking and disruption so that we'll turn to him, so that we'll find him. And so the kingdom is the only thing that can't be shaken. It's Jesus is the king, and he's the one that we turn our hearts to. And so there's a dynamic like that happening even right now, and only we're going to see more of it in the in the years to come. So as a house of prayer and a house of prayer leader, how do we as a praying people respond to that? I mean, we're not even supposed to gather in, in large groups or even small groups for that matter that are recommending we just stay home. So how do we as a house of prayer and a prayer movement respond to that? Yeah, and that's one of the issues right now. Every day uh, it's changing. Uh, it was uh, uh, two or three days ago uh, in the morning we were 
we were at 100 people were allowed to gather or recommended 100 people. By noon, it was 50. And by three in the afternoon, President Trump was announcing that he was recommending 10 or less. And so it went from 100 to 10 in a space of a few hours. It'll change every day. Uh, in our country, in the province of Alberta, they're already down to 10. Uh, BC and Ontario have uh, similar dynamics. States of emergency are being declared in various provinces. And we're probably next in Manitoba. And we just don't know. So, the, you know, what do you do? You're, you're, you're looking on on the one hand, to try to live in this context with the recommendations of your government and your medical community. And on the other hand, you have this, this conviction that the Lord says, come and pray. Prayer matters. It matters as much as all the other things. And, and you, want to, you want to be faithful to it and you want to do it and you recognize that the Lord is shaking. And so how do you manage both? I think that we're, we're in a, a situation right now because it's so fluid and it's moving so fast that we need to obey the, the, the experts in our land, the leaders in our land. It's a biblical idea. Obey your leaders. And at the same time, try to maintain an expression of prayer that is genuine and actually matters to this end. So we have an idea that we're developing in our own house of trying to figure out how to get a daily prayer expression, but do, using it online. And we don't have the details worked out quite yet, but we're working towards using technology to allow for our community to find ways to connect on a daily basis and bring these issues before the Lord and continually play the role that we're supposed to play. And I think that there are ways to do this and still allow the community to function well in this very fluid and uh, difficult uh, you know, time as we rise towards an apex of severity. We don't know if it's going to take a, a two or three weeks or two or three months. Nobody knows. And so we've got to continue to be who we are. But that doesn't mean civil disobedience or taking an attitude that says, well, we know better than everybody else and we can handle it. That's the, Those are unwise decisions at this point. So... We see in scripture, I mean, we like to emphasize Joel 2 in our house of prayer, how the house of prayer, one of our core mandates is to be a solemn assembly and respond to these times of crisis. Uh, and the Joel 2 response is gather everybody, like get them together, get them together to pray that the Lord would have mercy upon us and, and that he would relent from sending trouble and have mercy. So if we can't gather, would you say that this digital means of doing things is is still a Joel 2 response? I think so. I don't know. I mean, in the in the book of Joel, there's a specific context. There's a locust plague the first time around. Now you can gather together with, with locusts. They're big grasshoppers and they eat everything, but you, but you can do that. They don't attack humans. And then the second chapter that you're referencing speaks more of an army, an actual physical army that's coming. And again, in, in the weeks or months prior to a military invasion, gathering as humans would make a lot of sense. We have this enemy amongst us right now, if I can use that military metaphor, that is that is in our midst and we can't even see it. It's a, it is an invisible enemy. Uh, anybody could be infected at any time and you could be risking carrying it or just redistributing it just by getting groceries on a Wednesday morning. So physical gathering is a tricky one, but I, I don't think that the Lord is too concerned about whether or not we meet those standards. I mean, I'll read you the passage right from Joel 2. Uh, starting in verse 12, so everything up to this point in, in verse 2 has been laying out, there's an oncoming invasion, there's a there's an army coming, and, and the last line is, the day of the Lord is great, it's dreadful, who can endure it? 
Uh, and there's some theological things there that talk about the day of the Lord, which we'll just pass over for now, just for the general premise of what's going on. Verse 12, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. And so I think even though the rest of the, the chapter goes on to talk about, you know, gather them and, and bring them in for a meeting, I think the, the heart of what's being said is stop business as usual and actually turn back to the Lord. And so if you have to do it on, in a cyber way and do it on the internet using the, the apps provided, or you can do it in physical gatherings, different contacts, we'd gather them all in a room, but maybe we're going to gather them all online, but turn your hearts right now. Like, don't just say, well, I'm, it's me, uh, every man for himself, you know, as long as I've got enough toilet paper in my house, and that seems to be the big issue these days, uh, <laughs> then we'll be all right. Uh, and I don't care about my neighbors, and I don't really care about whether I'm right with God. The, the scriptures are pretty clear. If there's these kinds of troubles and calamities, the answer, the, the answer always in the scriptures is turn back to the Lord, repent, take seriously, look at your own heart, gather together, cry out and ask for mercy. And the Lord will hear you and will respond to you. He's gracious. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's not out to to destroy us. He's out to get us to turn back to him. So one of the responses that, that you mentioned there is fasting and praying. How about loving our neighbor? How does how do we respond to other people when when they're looking to the church for answers? Mm. Well, let me go back to what those three things that came out of my mouth in January that I was, you know, I didn't really understand the fullness of them. Uh, so, so the one about the shaking and the disruption, obviously that's happening uh, in an increased way. But the, the other one that I mentioned, the second one was that I felt like there was a window of opportunity to really grow in the knowledge of who God is, uh, specifically looking at the person of Jesus and as found in the Gospels as an entryway into a, a clear picture of what God is like. And I felt like that there was an opportunity and the Lord would give grace and his Holy Spirit would lead us to really understand God's nature and character in a much deeper way than we're used to. And, and you know, we think that we know God well enough and and we're, we're used to it, right? There's a certain sort of bar that we all operate at, at and we don't feel that we ever slip underneath that. And, the, and I think that the there is so much more to know. And these kind of moments, uh, a little bit of pressure and difficulty cause you to reach for more. And so it's tied to what you just asked. You're saying, well, what do we do? How do we love our neighbors? And I would say right now, because of the, the nature of this invisible enemy amongst us and the requirements of the of the our own government and medical community to to participate in social distancing and really locking things down that you're going to have to go by the voice you're going to have to know what's the lord saying right now and how can i cooperate and this isn't so that it's every man for himself you know I, you and i could sit here after this podcast recording and say okay where's the toilet paper in town lord tell us where it is and he'll say oh well, it's at the superstore on the corner of whatever whatever and we go there and buy all the toilet paper and yay we sir, we've got it now you know we protect our families and and somehow we've uh, been blessed by the lord that's not really what god wants he wants us to to know him and to know his voice but also to be ones that care about other people and so I feel like hearing his voice and knowing his heart is critical right now. And if you're thinking like, I don't know what he's thinking. 
I, I can't even get a sense of what's going on. He seems like he's not even involved. It's just chaos. You should sit down with your gospels, start there and begin to read through slowly asking the Lord, show me what you're like. Show me what's in your heart. Show me the way you think, Jesus, because the way you think is not clear in my head right now. And I'm I'm being bombarded by media, by worry and anxiety and, and all the things I need to do. What are you actually like? And I think by getting a, a deeper sense of that, we'll get me in touch with him, we'll hear his voice, and we'll be able to better respond. I think he cares deeply about the needs of other people. And I don't think he wants us to do nothing. But it's unwise to just launch forth with principles and, and, and practices right now. I think we need to hear his voice. So... The second thing you listed was the knowledge of God, and you just started to get into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the important things is in how we respond to our neighbors is with kindness. Even in the midst of all this chaos, there's a lot of there's a lot of selfishness. There's people just taking things for themselves exactly. or hoarding for themselves, and there's a lot of worry and anxiety. It's just really rising to the yep. surface right now. And I feel like the knowledge of God piece is so important for us to be able to respond with kindness and. How would Jesus respond to all this crisis? I don't. I can't see his anxiety level rising. Like right. he is not shaken or moved by anything. That's so right. I, I just feel like when we're out and about, we can look for opportunities to to express his kindness and the character of Jesus. And I, I feel like like this is moving on to our third thing, which is the glory of God coming out of the prayer movement. Even. Mm. So mm. Uh, somebody sent me a, a text message last night, one of my friends, a prophetic friend of mine, and he uh, referenced the story of Jesus asleep in the boat. And now it's, you know, they're not parallels and, and, you know, he's describing it like it's got a similarity to it just to make a point of what the Lord is saying. So we don't want to make the mistake of saying that the storm that they're in is just like our storm and everything is exactly the same. That That's unwise to do that with the prophetic. Having said that, his point was while they were panicking because the storm was raging, he was asleep at perfect rest and peace at the moment that they they woke him up and he encountered them stopped the storm because only he can do that he can stop this storm we're in just in the same way that he did on that day what the result of that for them was a sudden revelation of who he actually is and how how powerful and majestic he was i mean they got in that boat thinking he was a good teacher probably a rabbi maybe the messiah in the sense of being non-divine uh, he obviously had some power because he was getting some people healed but by the time they got out of the boat they were thinking, who is this guy? Like, seriously, we didn't realize that you could just speak to storms on the lake and they would all stop instantly. And there was a worship that was rising within them. But the very next thing that takes place is that when they get to the other side, it's the gathering demoniac. And so the deliverance, the driving out of a whole legion of demons follows this resistance and this experience, this storm. And so the guy was making the point to me in the text. He said, you know, there is coming more to the earth through the church, through the prayer movement than what we see. And we, if we stop right now and we just take a snapshot of it, we're going to think, oh man, the whole thing's just going down. It's just getting worse and worse. The economy is struggling. Our leaders don't know what to do. Diseases like this just reveal how frail and vulnerable we are. We're doomed. Our churches don't have any, any help. We can't get anybody healed even if we want to. Oh, it's just, it's terrible. And much like being in that storm. But through that, on the other side, in that passage in scripture, there was a dramatic 
a demonstration of the kingdom of God, which opened things up on the other side. And so too will it be here. We're, we're not just going down, although there is shaking and disruption. We're actually going up. And the Lord's intention is that the power of his kingdom uh, manifest in some fairly dramatic, unprecedented moves of God in, the, in these, these hours, these, these months, years, and even decades to come are going to be like nothing we've ever seen. The church is going to move in power. I mean, we're going to see the kind of healing and the kind of deliverance and the kind of uh, sweeping into the church, the, you know, the gathering up the lost in just massive amounts like we've never seen before in our nation. But it's coming in conjunction with some of these other things. I don't even think the church is ready to move in a lot of that stuff. I think if we had significant healing power right now, it would probably mess us up so bad. We'd get into sin and we'd, Lord, would have to come and correct us. And <laughs> I just don't think we're ready for any of it. These kinds of moments as a side benefit to everything that's going on actually do strengthen the church if we want to be strengthened. But we have got to have a vision. And this is in the end of the story. So yes, there's trouble right now. Yes, this is a window of opportunity to grow in the knowledge of God. But just keep your head up, because on the other side, when we come through these things, there is power coming that we will we'll be glad we stayed steady and we stayed close to Jesus because his kingdom is really coming in fullness. And that's for sure, because he's promised it. And in light of the end of the age, this is actually just a small, a small scale of trouble right now. Yeah, it's like, true. It's going to get a lot worse than we even than we're in right now. So I yeah. think it's just, it's a good opportunity for us to see how we're even responding to this trouble in light of knowing that it's going to get a whole lot worse. Right. Like how, how we're responding in this season is probably a good litmus test for how, how we can ready prepare for those days that, that are coming ahead. That's right. I, I totally agree. In fact, I would even go as far as to say, if you're listening to the podcast and you're in this and we're in the middle of this storm, this this virus that's spreading. Just be honest with you, for your, with yourself for a second. Stop and pause and say, "Do I feel like I uh, trust the Lord right now? Do I feel like I have great trust in Him? Do I have peace in my soul? Not about external circumstances, but just a peace or a knowledge that He is." Uh, good and he is leading and he's involved and he's powerful. Do I have that in myself? Do I know what's going on in the heart and in the mind of Jesus? If you don't, this is not a con condemnation. This is an invitation. This is your opportunity to say, well, I better get it because right now I know I don't have it. I'm tossed everywhere. Stop right now. Sit down, get your Bible out, begin to read the Gospels and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he's like. And he will show you. The, the scriptures are clear. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth and reveals the, the Father and the Son. So do it. Just take the, the practice and do it and, and find the time. I mean, if you're laid off from work, you got nothing else to do anyway. So begin to build in prayer into your lifestyle, your daily lifestyle, to ask the Lord for mercy for where you live and begin to ask the Lord to reveal what he's like to you so that you begin to connect really in a different and much deeper way. Uh, show me how you think. Show me how you feel about things. What's on your heart? What's What are you passionate about? He will reveal those things to you. Yeah, I just really feel that Second Chronicles 29, 11, 2 is like, do not be negligent now. Mm, yeah. Like, this is not the time to be negligent. Stand, serve, minister, and burn. Mm -hmm. Sit in his presence, pray more, fast more, Absolutely. get into the word. And this is a good opportunity for, for us to respond rightly 
And even if we're feeling that anxiety as the, as the church, if, if we have kids at home, you might have heard my kids in the background here because mm-hmm. they're home from school. Uh, if you're feeling that pressure rise, like this is an opportunity for you to sit before his presence and to, to really learn how to bring that anxiety down by resting in, in the knowledge of who he is and getting to know him better. That's really true. So this has been a good conversation just to just to see where we're standing right now in in this troubled time. Again, just pray fast, like keep some community somehow, even if it's over digital means, like stay engaged, don't check out. I just feel like this is an important season and the Lord is allowing the shaking to happen. So let's just see what he's doing in the midst of it. So Brian, before we just close up here, maybe you just want to end end with a prayer for our listeners. Sure. So uh, Lord, we just thank you. Uh, that you are the king over the earth. You're the king of heaven and of the earth. And there's no fear, worry, or anxiety in your heart. And uh, Jesus, we say that we are lovers of you and followers devoted to you in all things. And Lord, we, we feel tossed and turned through the circumstances. We ask you, God, that you would show us more of what you're like, that we would just abide in you, come right next to you and walk carefully with you and uh, find peace and safety and uh, provision and supply and health and strength and the love and grace that we need to care for others in the process. Now, Lord, we ask you for mercy on the, on our cities and the cities of this nation. Lord, we just take a, a stand right now on behalf of the nation of Canada, and we ask you, God, that there would be mercy and that uh, you would move powerfully to eradicate and eliminate this virus. But at the same time, Lord, that you would lift your church up and with great confidence and devotion to you, we would be in a different place after this. And Lord, we long to see you move in power in our in our nation and in the earth. And so, Lord, we say, let the power of God come. Let the kingdom of God come and break forth uh, in our nation. Lord, we look forward to the glory of God coming and to all that you have in the years ahead. So, Lord, we say we love you and we are with you in Jesus' name. On behalf of the Burning Rooms podcast and the Shopcast, thanks for listening, and we'll see you later.